Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Two Hands on the Hurl podcast. I'm your host this week, TJ Mills, and I'm joined by the dynamic duo Liam O'Neill and Robbie Mansfield. How's things, lads? Third time lucky, I hope, this time. Fucking hopefully. We've been here, we've been sitting here since fucking nine o'clock. It's now 9.25. Yes. <laughs> I know tech, technology hasn't been kind to us tonight now. Uh, we're just chatting earlier on. Are you all set for Christmas yet or is it too early? I'm going to go with the exact same answer, TJ, and say Christmas is on the back burner. I'm living in the gyms. Done for <laughs> the unfortunate thing about it is the listeners didn't hear what we said earlier, so we have to start again. Yeah, I, I can't remember. What, I can't even remember what we said earlier. I do know that I said I'll be in the gyms rather than Christmas. So, <laughs> that's about it. Are you? was saying that his workouts are so intense that he needs two years to recover from them. Yeah, two sessions and then two years recovery. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know, definitely it. Uh, we're on about football there. It's very strange to say that the football semi-finals taking place, uh, what, two weeks before Christmas now. Uh, Mayo against Dublin again in dollar and final after Mayo overcoming Tipperary and Dublin overbecoming Cavan. Um, no surprises there, Robbie? Uh, no surprises, no. Uh, it's like you've got two Division One teams or two kind of contenders for the All-Irelands against two Division Three teams, you know, so there's only going to be one winner in those uh, sort of games, you know, and, and like it just gets harder and harder each level that the smaller teams step up. Like if they win one game, you know, it's great. And if they win two games, it's brilliant. But if they win three or four, then it's like an epic season, you know, so um, just a bridge too far for them, really. It's leading me to the next question, actually, Liam. Is it a thing that something has to be done for the Minnow teams? We are chanting a couple of weeks ago and it was all over the press about how great it was, Cavan Minn, Ulster and Tipperary win Munster. But when it came up against Division 1 teams, even though Mayo got relegated this year, they came up short. Do you think the GA have to look at something to help these teams to be able to compete on the big day against the big teams? Definitely, yeah. I mean, um, like, oh, just what way was I going to put it? It's like, um, I think like the teams that kind of flop and do kind of real bad in the year should really get the best funding. Whereas like the teams at the top, like I know Dublin, like a lot of people are giving out that they're they're way too strong and and um, that it should maybe be split up into like areas of dense population. But like, fuck that, keep. Keep GA like it's it's a county game like everyone wants to play for the county like so if they kept that the same and like if they gave better funding to the smaller teams to try bring them on because like if you looked at it like Dublin weren't always the the top dogs like you know, it was it was Kerry there for a long time as well and then like a lot of money was pumped into Dublin and like they used it well and now look at them like they're one for fucking six in their own football like so. I think if they made more um, funding available to the smaller teams or, or better funding available to the smaller teams, it, it would really like improve the game. Uh, it would make everyone a lot more competitive and say, you know, Dublin just kind of flying through it each year. Now, I do think Mayo are going to put it up to Dublin. I think if I was a betting man, I'd be throwing a tenner on Mayo. 
Is this stand argument gone then in a sense? I mean, there were discussions and on the Sunday game, on Sunday night, they were discussing about um, what way can they kind of structure the other teams to come up to the centre to Dublin. If Mayo beat Dublin, or I mean, if Mayo beat Dublin, is that argument over then? Like there was an argument made the past couple of All-Irelands Dublin were either brought to a replay or their biggest win margin was six points against Tyrone. So is it a thing that the lesser teams, in other words, the Division 2 teams down struggle against Dublin, where the Division 1 teams are very close to Dublin standard? Is that correct in saying, Robbie? I mean, I know you'd be saying that Dublin aren't getting any special privileges or anything. But do you think it's just an argument by the kind of the minnow teams? No, I, like, I don't know. I think, like, I don't see exactly how funding would kind of have, like, immediate kind of impact. It's not going to make, like, players better overnight. Like, it's more of, like, a long-term, like, kind of bringing up or more coaching for kids. Like, so... Like, you know, fair enough, more funding to kind of the smaller teams. Yeah, that's brilliant. But it's more, it's not going to have like an immediate effect. It's not going to bring these teams up in, you know, five years. It's more like 10, 15 or even longer years that will actually reap uh, the rewards. But definitely, I think Gleam's idea of, um, you know, I think like obviously like Dublin getting a lot of funding, but I don't think that's necessarily the the only thing that's kind of winning them all Ireland's. As you're saying, like a lot of the games are fairly close. But I think like the structures in the GA is just kind of all wrong, and it's just kind of the bigger teams are just going to rise to the top every time. Like, do you think the provincial championships are deadly? Do you think they have to go maybe the American football route, as you were saying, or will they go say Champions League soccer route? That you have kind of um, what would you say? There are thirty-two counties, seven groups, or five groups of seven, or something like that. Base them on standings and let them play off that way. And whoever qualifies out of those groups maybe come up into a quarter, semi-final, final kind of type structure. Or do you think the provincial system, like with Tipperary and Cavan winning, should be saved? Um, well, I think this year... Go on, Robbie, go on, go on, go on. Go on. No, All right. Well, I was going to think of uh, would be a good idea, would be that if they, they kept the provincials, right? But if you got knocked out of the first round of the provincial championship, that you go into like a, a lower, a lower tier tournament, if you get me. Yeah. And if you get knocked, or if you get knocked out, maybe you know first round or quarterfinals, and you go into maybe have like your sixteen teams to go into that sort of uh, bottom group, or it could be based on league standing as well. And then the teams that get all the way to like you know provincial finals are kind of going to contest All Ireland. I think, and then that gives everyone a chance to compete for the All Ireland. And also, like more than likely, they're not going to win it, but they can win. They could possibly win another trophy. So I think that'd be a good system. Yeah, would you that's, agree? That's with a that system thing? that's yeah. Isn't that a system that's kind of used at like underage level? It's like if you get knocked out of the championship uh, straight away, you go into like a, a shield tournament, like isn't it? Yeah, that'd be good. That's kind of what, yeah, that's kind of what you're hitting at, like, yeah. Yeah. 
there are talks of introducing that from 2022 and maybe kind of a format of that next year with teams that uh, that are in Division 3 and 4 kind of play a second-tier competition. Now, the last time they done that, now we won't drag on much longer with it, but the last time they done that with the Tommy Murphy Cup, an awful lot of teams didn't want to enter it where if people finished low in the league, they went into the Tommy Murphy Cup instead of the championship. Now, do you think they could make it work in the sense that they have a chance to play into the, into the All-Ireland series as well? Maybe kind of get it to work that way compared to the system was with the Tommy Murphy Cup at the time. I go to you, Robbie, sorry. Yeah, I think like if you keep like the kind of the magic of, you know, possibly winning an All-Ireland title in there for everybody. That's kind of good. But also, you know, give other teams kind of something to play for. Because, like, well, the amount of teams that haven't even won a provincial championship, like, and, you know, even, like, a lot of teams haven't won an All-Ireland, you know, so... And there are, like, loads of guys throughout the years putting in massive effort, you know, like, sacrificing work and family and all these sort of things. Uh, and they're not getting anything from it, you know, only a few games, like, you know what I mean? So I think definitely... Uh, everyone should have a chance of kind of competing for the big prize, but definitely like a, a lower tier tournament just to give uh, people something to drive for or possibility of winning something. Yeah, I know that sounds good. I don't think this will be the end of the argument anyway. I say we'll be discussing it in the podcast for a good few uh, months to come and the same in the national media as well. Uh, Liam, uh, the Irish rugby team played Scotland in third place playoff on Saturday. Had a good win, 31-16. Is all the concerns out the window now? Are we back on track? Is Andy Farrell finally putting his stamp on the team? Uh, I don't think so. I think, like, obviously it's great for them to win, but, like, if you looked at it, um, Scotland changed their number 10. Like, I don't even know who they played number 10. Like, uh, no, I'm going to be honest, I didn't even sit down and watch it because I thought Scotland would win. Scotland were on form over the last few games. I thought they would have been Ireland. So I didn't even bother sitting down and watch it. Um, but Scotland kind of messed around with their team a bit, and it just that showed you what they thought of the game. Um, so, like, I don't think Ireland are are back on track by any means. Now, I do think they are building for the future. Um, now, I know that kind of your next question is going to be how are they going to do in the Six Nations or are they going to win the Six Nations? And what I brought down beside it is no in cap, block capital letters with about five exclamation marks after. I don't think they're going to win it. I do think that, like, to have a successful Six Nations, all they need to do is they need to beat Italy by about 30 or 40 points and then put at least 20 points up on Scotland and then um, come close to maybe a draw with Wales uh, within a try loss of England and then see what they're like with France. Uh, But I I don't think it's going to be... Agreed, Six Nations. Now, this might be an absolute stupid question to ask, and you will tell me straight up if it is anyway. How are Ireland so, are Irish teams so strong in the Pro 14? And then when it comes to the international side, we seem to be struggling at the moment. Like, are there any contrasts at all in that? Now, it's just something I thought of. It might make absolutely no sense at all. But how can we be so strong in the provincial system and be gone back so far that we can't even dream of Six Nations anymore in the international scene? 
it's a different game, really, isn't it? Like you, you see the lads that are playing with Ireland, like they're they're contracted with Ireland first, and then they're contracted with their clubs. So like they're they're Irish players, and then they're club players. Whereas every other country is a club player and then a national player. Yeah. So um, now that being said, like to play at the international level, you need to be an absolute freak in terms of like your say your body mass, your size, your physicality, and then like your club level, like as you can you can see the size difference is just massive. Like you know, if you look at even just take Stockdale, who's like over six foot and he's like he's massive and he's a full back. And then if you look at Leinster's full back that they're playing at the moment, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. He looks like half a Stockdale. Yeah. You know, um, Armour no. Uh who? Jordan Armour? No, he's not there at the moment. Is he injured at the moment? He's injured, yeah. Uh, yeah, they have um, they have a younger lad there. Now, now, he's doing absolutely great, but if you ask him to step up to the Ireland squad in the morning and they had a game at the weekend, he'd get fucking killed. You know, like he's, that's, he's, he's just small compared to the international game. Now, I know there is some exceptions. Um, like, if you look at New Zealand, you have... Damien McKenzie, who's like five foot seven, and he's an absolute beast, you know. But uh, it's it's two different games, really. Um, what I did want to say as well then was like, if you look at um, the England and France game from the weekend, England like were absolutely delighted in winning that, but they only barely scraped past France's third team. Yeah, you know, like France recalled all their first team players, uh, like their clubs recalled all their their team players, all their club players, because it was outside the international window. And as I said, like they're contracted with the club first and then France. So like, like that's, that's putting France up on a massive pedestal to kind of win the Six Nations and then really go really far in the World Cup is coming up then as well. And that's going to be in France as well. So like that's like, I'd be trying, I'd be trying to turn around it now again, like, Try center on France now for the World Cup. Like there, that's my two cents on the lads. That's it's, it's France's. France have a really good system in place now, and they've a lot of really good young lads coming up through. So they're dangerous. What do you think, Robbie? Do you think? Do you agree with what Liam said that we just have to be patient at the moment, kind of rebuild that we are kind of behind England and France at the moment, and we just have to be patient. Does it, it won't be a quick fix to it? No, I think like in reality, we're actually a lot closer maybe than a lot of people think because say if we had a functioning lineup against the French in Paris, we'd probably win the Six Nations. Yeah, so that completely changes the narrative. It's like we're Six Nations champions going into the next tournament, you know, so like fixing the line out, fixing the scrum are not something that's beyond, you know, the Irish coaching team and the Irish players. So I definitely think we're in a massive shout. Like England and France have to come to Dublin and we play Scotland and Italy away. So we're taking their nearly banker wins and playing Wales away. That'd be a tricky one as well. So, you know, I think we're definitely going to be in the mix for it. Like, you know, because coming to Dublin is not going to be easy for any team. Yeah. So, if you were given a tenner in the morning, would you say Ireland would be close at the moment to a Six Nations title? Or would you go with Liam that 
it be France that France are building slowly right towards the Six Nations and then the next World Cup as well? Uh, yeah, I think like France are like a you know definitely probably the the form team and they have the age profile of the players as well to be really good. Um, definitely ones to watch for the World Cup. Like they could win the Six Nations, like they're definitely in the mix, like England. But um, I definitely think we're we're a lot closer to to England and France than maybe a lot of people are giving us credit for. You know, because you know if we if our lineup works against France and maybe the scrum doesn't break down against England. And we maybe have a different sort of uh, attack plan uh, to put together. Um, you know, we definitely win the Six Nations, but maybe not a Grand Slam, but win a championship. Yeah, I know. Hopefully, I mean, I wouldn't be as pessimistic, but I mean, I don't think we became become a bad team overnight. So, uh, hopefully, um, you're right there. And I'm being honest, I can't disagree with Liam either, so I say impartial on this one. Uh, yeah, there's... <laughs> uh, Can I just there... say one thing though before we move on though? One re- well, yeah. really quick thing about the rugby though. That like, say the Irish system, right, is like based around the national team, but like yeah. the clubs are doing really well. Whereas maybe the other teams are like, I say like the Wales or whatever are I don't really know what Wales are doing, but like say England and France are kind of, it's more about the club game and then they still have really strong kind of national teams as well. So it's a bit kind of, I don't think it's a bit of a mad situation that we're kind of building for the international team, but our clubs are so strong. Like Anyway. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an interesting point. And being honest, it's something that I thought of. I mean, how can you be so strong at provincial level and be kind of lacking? But I suppose it, it, that's there for another discussion anyway. Uh, the next thing we have down on the schedule for this week is Camogie. Uh, we're going to do, I say, a special podcast towards the end of the week. I mean, the All-Ireland Camogie finals are taking place next Saturday and the Hurling finals also taking place next Sunday as well. So hopefully later in the week we'll have a preview for that um, just before we move on there's a special uh, Two Hands on the Hurl podcast uh, last week with Kilkenny under 16 manager Mick Wall about the under 16 camogie team uh, uh, sorry the under 16 camogie championship being cancelled for 2020 and we're in discussion that Mick Wall didn't blame the camogie association but thought it might have been handled a bit better uh, what do you think lads just before we move on uh, do you think it's unfair that the underage structure is kind of suffering within camogie but yet still go ahead in Gaelic football and hurling or do you think it's I mean safety first and now there are no real reason why the teams were pulled they said they just weren't enough of time in a sense to play them all out but do you think it's unfair to the teams or uh, do you think there's an argument for him to be maybe reinstated? It's a bit of a shambles, really, isn't it? Oh, like again, as you said, like if you look at every other structure, like Ireland, Gaelic football, whatever else is there, is able to be played. And like it, it was released as well. Like wasn't it in in the last lockdown that like children can still train or whatever? So like, why are they pulled? Why are they not allowed to play? Yeah. Yeah, I know I have to admit I'm biased on this, so it wouldn't be an impartial discussion. I made my views known before with the minor and intermediate. Do you agree with Liam, Robbie? Or, do you agree with Liam, Robbie? Do you think it's unfair? Do you think it was a, a right call by the Camogie Association? Yeah, I think it's it's un, unfair and players involved, like, you know, because, you know, 
we kind of mentioned this all year with other teams kind of being cancelled like they kind of they've been training away all year in the hope of um, you know playing these games you know so definitely think they should be going ahead and even you could even move the point down further to the treatment of uh, female sport with uh, I've yeah. seen it with the um, the ladies football game that was moved kind of sort of last minute and uh, they were kind of they weren't really given a whole lot of time to warm up for the games and stuff like that so they were just kind of a lot of people were making the point that it wouldn't happen to uh, a men's team, you know. So it does kind of seem, though, even in this year of 2020, when it's, it's all about kind of um, kind of bringing kind of uh, female sport in front of all the eyes and on TV, that it's kind of still kind of taking a backseat, which is, uh, you know, it's quite sad. And it's definitely something that needs to change. You actually read me mind on that one, Robbie. I was going to bring it up. I, if the comments that were made this morning, maybe they were taken out of context, but the Ladies Football Association thought they'd done brilliantly to get it to Croke Park and kind of blame the teams for not having a, enough of time for the warm-up. Now, make it clearly, maybe the comments were taken out of context, but they were still there to see. And yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you, Robbie. They, they are egg on the face of people at the moment, but uh, I leave it there. Uh, we move on to soccer news. I was going to ask Liam, how did Wolves get on? And then I say, no, I'd be turning the conversation towards Liverpool again. So I park it there. Uh, the World Cup qualifier draw for 2022. Um, Ireland are in a group with Portugal, Serbia, Luxembourg and Azerbaijan. Is it a good group, Liam? Do you think we can qualify out of it or do you think we'll struggle? I'm thinking, wait a fuck you asking me. I haven't a fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm probably there to fuck with you. <laughs> okay, Robbie. Well, uh, that's the end of engaging Liam in conversation anyway. <laughs> he's, just, he's just a bit um, salty about Wolves getting uh, hopped off. So we'll just leave him there. We'll just leave him there to, yeah. to cry his tears there, his wolf tears. Um, I think we have a really, really good chance of qualifying. Like Azerbaijan, um, Luxembourg and Serbia, definitely we could have, uh, we should win those other games home and away. Serbia, you know, if we get four points from them games and maybe don't lose to Portugal, you know, we're in a, a good shot of making um like a runner-up sort of uh, qualifier thing. So I don't think we'll win the group around like that, but uh, we're definitely going to shout for, for second place and for for qualifying through a playoff. Definitely gives a good shout. Definitely better than Serbia. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, Serbia didn't qualify for the European Championships either. And off the top of my head, we were in the same group as, um, was it around 10 years ago? And I think we got a result against them. Now, I could be wrong. I stand corrected on it, but I think they're... I don't think it's that awful bad a group. Um, Portugal, maybe you might take points off. Maybe you might get a draw in the Aviva Stadium. But the worrying thing, Robbie, I, I won't ask Liam because he told me his views anyway. But the worrying thing is if we're struggling for goals as it is at the moment, how will that change next March? That, what will change that much, say, before next March, that we will be capable of going to the likes of Luxembourg and Azerbaijan and kind of not struggle to get a good result, the likes of a 3 or 4 nil, which you would expect an Irish team of all to do? I, I don't think, like, 
an Irish team would like. I don't remember Ireland beating anyone three or four nil to be honest with you. But um, if we if we win games one nil, you know that's all we need. Uh, I think we should definitely go to Azerbaijan and Luxembourg and win, and definitely in the people we should win those games. Um, you know, if we're not, then that, that's really bad. Like you know what I mean. But I think like we've had like struggles in front of goals, but we've been playing teams that are kind of of a similar standard to ourselves. So yeah. like that will kind of it makes it harder to score goals. Um, that's why we have such a poor record of late, I think. And to be honest, I think Liam should be weighing in on this because half the half the Wolves team play for Portugal anyway. So I think Liam should be well versed in uh, port and Portuguese football by this stage. Yeah, well, yeah. So like, we'll, all I'm going to say is Wolves are going to beat Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Okay, uh, that's that point over anyway uh, so you'd be hopeful Robbie you think that we will we will qualify out of that the matches the way the matches are structured I was just listening to the news earlier on and listening to Stephen Kenny's views as well the way they're structured is a set of three games because Ireland's in the group of five there's only two games in March and then two games I think in September I think that's the way it's working out Will that be kind of a disadvantage to Ireland, especially Stephen Kenny? Now, he has a bit of time in charge to try and get the structures right, but he, would he rather have games kind of closer together like previous championships? Uh, no, I think he's, kind of, he's got a good bit of time now to kind of, to, you know, to review the kind of games we've had and just, there's not going to be an international break for March. So he has a good bit of time to think and to kind of watch players and get the the best possible Irish players um, into the into the squad for March, you know. So that's yeah. all, like all the guys who are all the Irish guys who are playing at the top level. They just put their hand up and say, you know, I want to play for Ireland, and hopefully we we can have the best possible team ready uh, in March. And you know, Stephen Kenny, he's a smart guy. He's had kind of you know a difficult start to the to his regime, you know. So I definitely think he's. Uh, I believe in Stephen Kenny. <laughs> I think he can do it. Just to keep Liam included here before we move on, if you're given a tenor, Liam, would you say Ireland to qualify? Ah, uh, yeah, go on, sir. Yeah, it's not my money. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. There's hope there, Liam's after giving his uh, chance there. Okay, we're moving on to the picks of the week, lads. Um, go to you first Liam what's your pick of the week uh, yeah do you want me to give two because uh, you didn't do any or did you get one done there last minute I know I got one done last minute so uh, I just yeah, went I'll back give, on two there, <laughs> give the I, two okay, there give you, okay so my first one is um, like they're both series on Netflix uh, the first one is an absolute must watch it's uh, Friday Night Dinners uh, I'm oh, not sure yeah. if either of you ever watched. Yeah, it's actually great. That's like, yeah. it sounds shit. It's like it's a family that like they have two children and they come home every Friday night for dinner. Like it's it sounds shit, but like you just need to watch it and it's absolutely hilarious. You know, you'll be, it's a 20 minute episode. I think there's either four or five seasons on Netflix, and like you'll be you'll be laughing for the for the full 20 minutes. Like it's it's absolutely great. Uh, your man from the in betweeners is in it. Um, I think he's Will. Will. Yeah, yeah, he's Will in in betweeners, um, and he's he's great. In it. You know, he's it's it's almost like he keeps that kind of persona of Will in Friday Night Dinners, kind of like not fully, but like 
there's definitely similarities there and it, it just works so well. And then my second one then is, it's another series, but it's a bit weird. Like, it's not for everyone. Like, it's Big Mouth. So, what's the handiest way to describe it? It's, it's kind of cartoony. It's like um, kind of adult humor. Uh, so, it, it's it's um, teenagers going through puberty, basically, and they, all, they get hormone monsters. And... Uh, yeah, like they can see the hormone monsters, and I like guess it's, it's just it's it's really funny. It's like it's, it's kind of watch it to, to understand it, and like after the first, after the second episode, you know whether it's for you or not. And like if it's not, just turn it off. But like if you like it, you will be laughing. You, like it's because it's Rick and Morty. It's up there. It's it's fucking up there. Like yeah, yeah. Like uh, I yeah, Rick and Morty is probably my best kind of. Adult humor cartoon, and then I put big numbers. Mm-hmm. So like that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, so it's I had like great. um, I had a Family Guy and South Park. Yeah, yeah, because there's there's like a bit of a story to it, like you know, and like you 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 love the coach. The coach is he's done brilliantly in it. Like you'll you'll just get a great laugh at him. He's just absolutely brilliant. Just. Watch the first episode, and if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. This is the way it is. Cool, cool. Check it out. Yeah. And your picks of the week, Robbie? Uh, well, I'm just going to go with um, just mention that as kind of we were talking about a little bit about Rick and Morty that there's uh, new episodes up on Netflix, so I'll definitely be getting stuck into them. And if you haven't watched Rick and Morty, you should uh, definitely check it out. But um, this one is kind of like it's an oldie, and I used to watch this. Uh, when I was younger, probably Liam's probably never watched the show because he's only a baby. Uh, but it's actually when yeah, I actually kind of kind of got my kids into watching this just so I could see what it was like again. But it's um, it's sister sister. I don't know if he's ever watched. Oh, it, but, deadly! Um, yeah, I haven't watched it. I've seen a couple of episodes, but I haven't watched it properly. And it's, Go it's home, actual Roger. parents. Yeah, the parents are absolutely. They're so funny. Like Ray and, and Lisa, they're just hilarious. Like they just have the way they kind of buzz off each other and just have this uh, whole attitude thing and the way they set up the jokes. And it's just kind of um, definitely if you if you used to watch it, you should definitely go back and watch it again because it's almost funnier uh, watching it now, really. I never knew it was on Netflix. I never knew. I used to love that show. And actually another one. And if it goes on to it, I'd be addicted. Keenan and Kel. They were, oh, yeah. <laughs> they were just brilliant shows. Like, who loves Orange Soda? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they had a uh, Coolio doing the intro. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's it actually. You'd love to have those programs on again because they were just so good. Like, uh, actually, just on about old shows. Any of you watched the Den lately on RT One of a Sunday? I haven't watched it. No, I haven't. Uh... No. I know. Gone low it, enough in my life to watch it. <laughs> it's actually brilliant. I won't lie to you, lads. It's actually it'd be worth watching. Uh, it really is. I thought the same. I thought it'd be stupid, but uh, the minute you watch the first episode, or sorry, is Ray not cringy though. Is Ray not really cringy? And like, it's funny when you see. Maybe people could say about Liam ripping the piss out of me the same way, but when you have a muppet ripping the piss out of an adult human it's just brilliant like and that's i'm only joking name i'm joking i'm joking but it's actually <laughs> oh, brilliant it's... i wasn't even listening to this 
<laughs> I know, but uh, it's it's just really worth to watch. Like it really is, and fair play. I thought same. I thought it'd be rubbish, but um, yeah, I know it's actually really good. Um, any other pick of the week, Robbie? Um, let me see. I haven't I even watched a lot of TV lately. I, ha- I had a movie there with a storyline in it, just to please Robbie, because I wasn't happy with Extraction the last day. But I, I haven't wrote it down. I completely forgot. I absolutely kicking myself. What show was it? I can't remember. That's what I just said. <laughs> God damn it! Actually, 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 I have one. I have one. I have one. And this is kind of one that's really dear to my heart. Actually, it's coming out in Ireland on the thirtieth of December, and it is the final season of uh, Vikings. Ooh, it's season six B, and you know, I, I might be in it as well. Yeah. Do we get any glimpses of uh, of you? You might see me uh, in full battle gear, uh, blood all over my face. Uh, it's possible. Nice. <laughs> so definitely yeah, Vikings uh, it's going to be on Amazon Prime soon I think enough but it's going to be on RT on 30th of December so I'm definitely going to be uh, kind of watching all those episodes as they come out 100% <laughs> I'll be getting videos off you like there's me there's me <laughs> oh my god the thing is though like because I was doing extras for it um, that like the amount, the amount of times that you see the same people once you kind of you know, you go behind the scenes or you see how things are done and you just see the same people when you watch the actual show back, you just see the same people kind of on different sides of the uh, of the battles and stuff. And it just, it kind of um, really ruins Vikings for my girlfriend. Anyway. I'm like, oh my God, I know that guy. And she's like, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I must watch it now. I, I never watched any of the seasons of it. So yeah, I must, um, I must must watch the new season see if I can sue you in it Robbie uh, before I take a break my picks for the week um, as Liam said I never thought of um, researching it but I actually did watch two films uh, one we discussed there a while ago it's finally back on Netflix Road Trip I just think it's a brilliant film um, and just still so funny like even though it's what, 20 years old at the moment it's fair funny and the second one actually I just thought for there now I think it has the deadliest soundtrack ever and it was on Sky Christmas there during the week and I watched it is Gremlins and I just laughed me arse off at it actually um, I didn't see it in years and I just thought it was brilliant. So, yeah, they're my two picks for the weeks. Uh, Before we take a break for a cup of tea, when we come back, we're going to do our Spotify playlist of the year. I did do research on that. Uh, Liam will be happy to know. And then we'll have the high ball as well. So if you're happy, lads, we take a couple of minutes break. Make sure everything recorded okay. And we'll be back then. Are you happy? Happy out. Happy out, Jeff. Talk to, you, talk to you in a while, lads. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Hello and welcome back after the break. I hope everyone's well. Did you enjoy your break, lads? Did you have your scone, Liam? I just did, yeah. Had me scone. I went up and put on uh, a pair of socks as well because it is fucking freezing downstairs in the house. We didn't like the fire tonight, so that's a, that's a big mistake on my behalf. I know it's fairly chilly out there all right now. Um, I'm lucky I'm in front of a big fire here, so uh, not too bad. Did you enjoy your break, Robbie? 
Yeah, kind of something similar. I kind of uh, slipped on a pair of uh, L slippers. Um, I'm not a, not a big fan of the of fires. I'm more of a just bait on the heat in there, turn up full blast. I'm not big, I'm not a huge fan of fires because you only heat one room in the house. So yeah, so, yeah. if you have so, a back dialer on it, though, right, you throw the back dialer on that fire. Whew. The whole house. Sorry. Don't know if my landlord let me do that though. <laughs> but you're you're making you're making an improvement to the house, so. But you won't Maybe. let me take it with me, so why bother? Yeah, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, before we get Robbie evicted, we move on to our next topic tonight, and it's our Spotify playlist of the year. Uh, did you do your research on this one, Liam, or do I have to go to Robbie? Or I oh, know I did do research there. Um, I know I'm only ripping uh, the piss with your crack on there. Yeah, I looked at it there uh, earlier, and I realised I do listen to some depressing music throughout the year. Uh, so, like my top five uh, artists anyway were Bastille in at number five, Coldline in at number four. Uh, those are my two kind of more depressing artists there. So uh, we kind of pick it up from here. We go to Imagine Dragons. Uh, so have some pretty decent uh, training tunes. Um, the score then in at number two. Again, some pretty decent training tunes. Like the bit of music that just gets you there, you know. And then in at number one, uh, like completely off the cuff from the other four is Eminem. I, yeah, I love Slim him. Shady. Slim Shady, yeah. I think like... Anything he does is just great to train to. I think, like, even if you just, if you listen to, like, forget near enough what he says, but just listen to the fucking beat he has. Like, it just, just gets you there. It gets, gets you that extra repertoire that you need. Clears the head in the You gym. mean the, the beat that Dr. Dre has, no? Ah, yeah, well, like, yeah. It all works. It all works. It's all gravy. <laughs> it's all gravy, yeah. <laughs> he hasn't had a good album for a while, though. Eminem. Yeah. Um, I think his last one was decent. Uh, but like, it, obviously, like, it wasn't great, but it was, uh, it was decent. Uh, what was it? Music to be murdered by or something. I thought that was decent. Uh, I get up here now. Do, do, do. I was just about what? to ask that. You wouldn't have heard much of his recent music at all. It's When was the last album out, Lean? Roughly. Um. It's recent enough, actually. I'm just on Spotify now. I don't know if it actually tells you, does it? Um, it's music to be murdered by, anyway. Uh, that's the name of the album. Um, I definitely go give that a listen to, lad. It's it's pretty decent. Um, like it's not back to his best, but it's definitely better than uh, better than revival, anyway. Uh, I like there was some decent songs in that, but most of revival was a bit of a flop. So, yeah. I, know, I, I would mean, argue he hasn't had a decent album since since probably Encore, two thousand and four. That was a classic <sighs> album, actually, Robbie. That was a brilliant. Sorry, not album. sorry, Dean. Yeah, well, yeah, like he's kind of like changed up his tone a bit. Like, you know, he's not as aggressive anymore, and like he doesn't have the same vibe about him. Uh, so he's after maturing. He, uh, not even maturing, but he, he's like. He's maturing to a sense, but not uh, not like a drastic change. I think, yeah. 
I don't know how to explain it. It's Eminem, lads. Just fucking listen to it, would you? Yeah, <laughs> I know you're dead right. I think that's where we go over to Robbie's is Spotify top five of the year. Yeah, well, you know, I've got a pretty crazy taste in music. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so most of the people you probably haven't heard of. But uh, just before we move on to me, can I just ask Liam a quick question about... Um, of course. How, yeah. many to- how many total minutes did you have uh, listening time? Did you see that on yours, Liam? Oh, man, I've seen that. I don't know if I can get it back up again. But, like, it's definitely pretty high. Because, like, I'd listen to it when I was training. I'd listen to it. I'd have it on for, like, all the classes in the gym. And then I'd, like, if I was sick of the radio, I'd throw it on the car when I was driving. Yeah, you know, it's just... Uh, is there a way I can get it up again? Uh, it should be. You might get an email about it, maybe. And you can kind of look back Ooh, over probably. it. Probably. Probably. Um, if you want to chat through your... Uh, your top five there, and I'll, I'll take a look for this. Uh, well, I had um, 40, 47,000 minutes of listening, so <laughs> try to beat that. Nice. But most of I've seen people, seen people, and they had like, I don't know, 2,000 or even 7,000, and they were like, oh, I listen to me live music. I'm like, you don't, you don't listen to music at all, man, basically. <laughs> those are rookie numbers. Like, you got to pump those numbers, numbers up. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, so I listen to a lot. Like music is like an extension of uh, my life, basically, because I have it everywhere I go in the car, like you're saying, Liam, in the gym, and then I kind of obviously I kind of teach classes as well, so I get to kind of um, throw music in there as well, and there's just always kind of music kind of going on in the house as well. So um, if one kind of gift I can give my uh, children, it's a, a musical education, to be sure. So yeah, uh, I'm proud of that. So I have a few different ones in there. So I'll come to my, my, my top guy last because you've probably never heard of him before. Um, so one, one kind of album that really got me through the kind of lockdown was the Pearl Jam album 10. I just listened to it like, like on repeat a lot and has loads of uh, kind of banging songs on it. It's got Alive, uh, Jeremy, Black and even Float are just all just kind of great. The whole album is brilliant. So that kind of, a lot of their songs kind of made it... Um, they made my kind of top five. And then we have, uh, as I mentioned before, Chris Stapleton. We won't, uh, won't go over Chris Stapleton too much, <laughs> as we've kind of been over him already. And then we have The Weeknd at number three. Cool. And nice. The Weeknd, just, he makes great music. Just like Anthony listens to it. He's, just, he's so hot right now. He's like Hansel in um, Zoolander. He's just so, he just, everything he touches is just kind of turned into magic. So Anthony by The Weeknd is brilliant. And then I have uh, Stone Sour in at number two. So Stone Sour are like um, a band that uh, Corey Taylor is also lead singer with Slipknot. Uh, he's uh, this is other band is uh, Stone Sour. So we've got some really good kind of uh, like you're saying, kind of chill, maybe depressing type music theme, and they've got some kind of heavier stuff for the training as well. So uh, Stone Sour are good. And my top guy is a guy called Orville Peck. So like probably nobody's ever heard of this guy, but he is absolutely fire. He is fucking brilliant. So um, I would. If on my Instagram stories, I put a lot of his kind of music in there, and he's just all around brilliant. He released a new album there, I think it was August or September, and new album and his first album. I just listened to them on repeat, so he's got like I think five of his songs are in my top five songs of the year. So yeah, Orville Peck, hundred percent. Cool. Uh, actually, you mentioned Slipknot there. I know it wasn't in the top five. I see they're announced in a European tour, but Ireland isn't on it. Um, are you surprised with that, Robbie? Because they did play here a couple of years ago, didn't they? 
they, they played in January actually, and I went to that actually. I went with uh, Maria, and uh, if like the extra bonus uh, bonus points for girlfriend, they're like going to going to see like these crazy motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was definitely like uh, <laughs> definitely some serious kind of brownie points there, and uh, like it was fucking crazy. Like, um, but yeah, yeah, kind of. I think there's kind of a, a big metal following, but probably if you look at a lot of the places that they're going to, it's like hardcore metal. Like they're going to Finland, which is like like really kind of into metal and stuff like that. So yeah. I think they're just kind of picking the, probably the, the places they know they're going to kind of completely sell out like over yeah. and over again, just to be safe with COVID and stuff like that. They want to kind of maximize their dollar if they're going to do a tour, I'd say. Yeah. I found um, it, lads. I found it. Sorry to cut, cut off you there, but I found how much I saw podcasts. I listened to nearly 3,000 minutes of podcasts. Uh, the Two Hands in the Heart podcast was actually my number one. Uh-huh. Well, uh, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was mainly just listening back to uh, to call you on. so that's why um, your listenership <laughs> figures are all <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, my second one then actually is I'm going to give it a plug here is, is a great podcast it's the dad podcast and it's, it's a fitness podcast it's actually really good um, I definitely give it a give it a listen on uh, in terms of music, I listened to just over 25,000 minutes of music this year. Not bad, Ross Hepper. Not, not bad. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you mentioned podcasts there. Um, one I listened to, and fair play to the lads. I mean, they're topping, I think they were top of the charts all year, and that's the two Johnnies. Um, so fair play to them for topping the podcasts all year. Hopefully, we might be able to give them a battle in years to come but fair play to the two lads um yeah move on to uh, my spotify top five now warning lads my music taste at Liam can attest to is weird i mean it's just completely off the chain at times it can be cheesy and then mental so top five uh, number five my favorite dj of all time Gigi diagostino um listen to a good lot of his music in the car this year the next one is just i can't believe i'm going to say it because i know i'm going to get a slagging for it but it's ennio morricone if anyone knows him he's he done all the music do you know for the classic italian westerns um and yeah i listen good, the bad and stuff yeah, yeah, he wrote the music for all of that, um, Once Upon a Time in the West and all of that. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be a fan of Westerns, but I just love his music. So, um, number three is Christy Moore. I mean, just can't be Christy. He's a legend. Number two is Bruce Springsteen. Um, just a big fan of Bruce. I mean, his concert in Nolan Park in 2013, I will never forget. It was one of the best gigs I was ever at. And uh, it was absolutely lash and rain, but no one realized the music was so good. And number one, another artist I saw last Christmas actually was Dermot Kennedy. He was number one. And so that's the top five this year. Um, the Just looking just at Damon. Talk about the pressing, man. Code lion over here. Code lion. Music. Oh fucking hell! My God, absolute depression. Really. Well, would you believe most of it? Most of the music I was listening to was driving to training. 
Uh, so it's it's uh, you just think it's some summer it's some summer night we'll see you again kind of way. So uh, <laughs> that's the only sessions where this year was the training sessions. But uh, yeah, I, I listened to about twenty five thousand just looking at the email there. Uh, 25,000 worth of music now I say that'd be a hell of a lot higher if I included everything because I listen to a good lot of music on YouTube Um, that's the way I play the music a lot as well so but um, yeah they'd be the top five but uh, what we must actually do sometime is our song if we're on a desert island um, something like that what songs we bring with us maybe a top 10 or something but oh, yeah. uh, um, I say there'd be some interesting ones there. Anyway, we move on to the high ball. Uh, high ball. High ball. High ball, lads. Uh, I won't lie to you, I didn't do research on it. I struggle with a high ball, as the lads will attest that. I just can't think from it all. So I just thought of one. Uh, I actually read an agony on page uh, just to try and come up with ideas and Actually, it, I ha- it happened to me once uh, with a person I know. I'm not saying a friend or a friend of me or anything. Um, so there's a friend of yours after meeting the love of their life. And they're never been happier. They're on top of the world. But you know the person they're going out with is seeing someone else. So what do you do? Do you be a good friend in the context of telling them? Or do you be, would you think you'd be a better friend not to tell them that the new person they're seeing is cheating on them or they're going out with someone else? So I go to you on this one, Neen. Come on, John, let's come to me first. <laughs> um, yeah, no, look, uh, we've been in this situation before and I always find the best to be truthful and just to say it up front. Even if they don't... Uh, don't like it or believe it at first um like they'll they'll start to see it over time and then the way i see it is is like if they find out just say if my mate finds out he's been cheated on and i say or i don't want to and he finds out that i knew the whole thing yeah like he's gonna call me a prick a cunt you know, i'm gonna be the worst friend in the world um i find it all his best just to, to say it straight up now it's not a thing of hi, look, they're right not around you know, you're a lover. It's like you know, you have to you have to say it with a bit of grace, you know. Yeah. What do you think, Robbie? Do you think tell or not to tell? Yeah, well I suppose like as always, I'm gonna have to need some kind of bit more detail here, you know, what's yeah. what's what's happening here. Sorry. Oh no 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 <laughs> sorry Liam. Uh I know, of course. So, um, you have a friend. This person, your friend, right? Yeah, he on. or she, a good friend of yours, best friend, they're after meeting the love of their life. They've never been happier. So they're after meeting the person that's making them really happy. They're hanging out together. Everything's going rosy. But you know that the person, the new person they're seeing is actually cheating on your friend. So they're not faithful to your friend. So you either witness it happening or someone told you, should you tell your friend and ruin their life in a sense? But maybe be upfront and honest or should you hold it back and let them find out themselves? 
Uh, well, I asked for more detail, not the same detail again, but <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to ask a couple of questions. Um, so, like, this person, your friend, they think that this sort of person is uh, being, like, they're the only person they've seen sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, this is completely sure. hypothetical. It completely like, yeah, obviously, but in a hypothetical yeah. situation, does this person think that they're like only only with this other person, but the yeah. other person isn't seen? It? Yeah, I know to be official and everything. Yeah, I think you, like you would have to have to say it, like, um, but like you could be quite subtle in the way you're kind of uh, kind of saying it, you know, rather than just kind of saying, you know, oh yeah, you won, she's off for this lad or whatever. You could maybe just be a little bit more subtle in how does you let this person know, sort of thing. So it's kind of it doesn't seem like you're kind of meddling in their life or their kind of relationship or whatever, because you don't know what's kind of going on, you know, behind closed doors and situations. And, you know, people might be happy with certain things happening or they might know and not be telling, you know, so you can maybe subtly let the person know without coming out and, you know, saying it to them, because that could also kind of backfire on you as well. Now I get what Liam's saying about if the person kind of fans out that you, you know, so you need to kind of, um, kind of, put this stuff out there and you know, so you're not kind of going to be dragged down the whole and dragged into the whole situation. So yeah, definitely kind of tell, but in a subtle way. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I tend to agree lads. As Liam said, I've been on both sides of it. Um, I've been that person that was cheated on, but I also had a friend that was cheated on as well. And yeah, I had to tell him, even though it was awkward, I had to tell him uh, that, the person they were seeing was cheating on them and it was awkward but yeah it had to had to be said um now I don't think you'd be a friend not saying it but still there's another side of coward night uh anything Tadlin before we finish uh Robbie yeah it's absolutely scummy to cheat on someone it's it's as simple as that like like if if you don't, if you're not interested in in them anymore, like I know it's it's an awkward conversation and like it can be very harmful to people, but like it's it's the better route. It's the more like it's the better route for everyone involved. You know, it, like in the long run, it's better to to be upfront and honest than to to hide and go around with with someone else while meant to be in this relationship with someone. That's my view anyway. I know, I never thought you could be as sincere, Liam. Sounds good. (laughs) I know, joking, joking. Anything to say before we finish, Robbie? Yeah, like it's, you know, it's not a nice thing to to kind of, to kind of do to somebody, you know, so like, you know, if you, as Liam's saying, like if you're not interested or, you know, you have, if you have certain feelings and you're in a relationship, you need to just kind of be open and honest because like that's the kind of number one thing, you know, it's honesty, like all around, so. Definitely. Don't be on the door nobody. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't add any more to You said that with the biggest Dublin accent, Robbie. <laughs> well, I was saying, I was saying doing the dirt, you know, so I had to kind of bring it up. Doing the dirt. Boy, Robbie, huh? Anyway. Anyway, on that note, lads, I think that's where we leave episode 18. Enjoyed it, lads. Thanks a million. And um, Thanks, yeah, hopefully have a podcast out later in the week. 
for the Camogie and Hurling finals as well. Uh, big weekend coming up. And to all the listeners, thanks a million for tuning in. Um, and everyone's interacting on Instagram as well. We really appreciate it. And I have to give a shout out to Robbie. He's doing amazing stuff. And Neem as well. And Ricky with Instagram as well. So fair play. And until later in the week, lads, chat to you then. And thanks a million again. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Bye-bye. Good luck. Bye. 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 Good luck. Bye.